Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ball Aerospace and Technology is working with us to help practice diversity and inclusion. They've been doing it for years because they've got a culture of belonging. That's been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They've got a corporate equality index score of 100%. Right now, they're starting off some folks at over $27 an hour with 401k options, a comprehensive insurance that start immediately on day of hire. So they're looking after your best interests and make sure you check them out uh, at Golden excuse me, at jobs.ball.com and search for Golden, or you can actually text Golden to 77222 and you'll get linked to their open positions at the ball plant over there in Golden, Colorado. Into the DNVR Rockies podcast, Strava Coffee. Strava CBD Coffee is going to improve the quality of your morning. It makes me feel good because it's CBD infused coffee that can help with chronic headaches, joint pain, so much more. And Strava can also deliver it to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. For me, I'm a six week man. I go through coffee quite a lot, especially Strava's. It's delicious. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, here at the DNVR Rockies podcast, and join with me, as always, once a week, our favorite AT&T Sportsnet broadcaster, Mr. Drew Goodman. How's it going today, Goody? Good. You like me better than Huey and Spilly and Jenny and Mark and Sully? I do, and if you watch the episodes in which they are on, uh, I just skip ahead a couple minutes and then and then start following along to that one. Good. Just in case. Got it. Got it. How you been, man? Did you have fun down in Arizona? I did. I, I had a blast. It was, you know, it was like going to an amusement park too. And in so many ways, it's like spring training, right? Where, oh man, there's baseball going on. And after not getting it for all, all the month of October, you get to see live baseball. You get to see prospects you've been hearing about for a while, get to walk down the field, chop it up with those guys. So it was really cool. Yeah. I saw you, you know, down there, um, out, uh, you know, down on the field around the cage and, a um, couple of quick questions for you, even though this is your show. I'm going to put All my right. host hat on for just a minute, if you may. If Please I do. If I may. Not if Turn those may. tables on me. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on Ezekiel Tovar? Hit some home runs when you were down there. Yeah, he was the guy I was most excited to see. His His glove was definitely a factor, you know, was fantastic. Has a Francisco Lindor type look to him, same body shape. Number ten, and I was I was really impressed with him. Heard some good things from his teammates, Michael Tolia. You know, of course, 
teammates on the Salt River Rafters, but they'd actually played together a little bit in Boise uh, that that first year because Tovar was not legally able to play in Colorado because he was so young. And so, of course, he had to go to Boise uh, at that time. And so they had been teammates for a while. And so he was really impressive, did not seem overmatched at all, did a good job going the opposite way on, on pitches on the outer portion of the plate. So I was really impressed. And I, I think he's he's definitely going to be a factor for the Rockies going forward in a couple of years. Okay. And the, and the obvious, the, the next one uh, I was going to ask was about Tolia. Yeah, Tolia, he's a big boy. Yeah, big, strong kid. Big kid. Met him at the Futures game, and, you know, of course, he towered over me, but he's got that baby face, so you kind of forget. But when you see him out there on the diamond, you realize just how big he is, and I think he's still growing into that body in a lot of ways. Defense is fantastic. Made a couple really nice plays uh, that we haven't seen since the the Mark Reynolds days, uh, if you will, over at first base. Kind of has a, you know, physical stature like a Jim Tomei, and so that power is going to play really well. And According to some of the folks I talked to down there, we might even see him as early as the second half of, of this season coming up in 2022, which might be a little aggressive. But, hey, if, if he's doing it and he's hitting the cover off the ball like he did this past season, I could see it happening. Yeah. I, I'm big on saying this. You know, sometimes uh, there's thoughts within various organizations not to rush someone. And I think it's a fine line. But I'm, I don't subscribe to the theory, well, if we rush him – and he gets here and he's not ready and he fails, we're going to hurt his confidence and, and do irreparable damage. If irreparable, excuse me, if irreparable damage is done to somebody's psyche, makeup, level of confidence, because they got here a little bit early and, and the lessons were a little more painful, um, they probably don't have what it takes to ultimately make it. That's my supposition on it. Anyhow, anybody else jump out at you that you got to see? Well, Regan Todd is, is fantastic. I was also great, great excited ball, for him. Yeah. And, you know, I was just excited because of the story, right? A kid who went to Regis Jesuit High School, very much overlooked, taken, you know, in the back end of the draft in 2018 out of Colorado Mesa. Kind of a, an interesting occurrence. Maybe the only time in professional baseball that a kid got drafted into pro ball and then didn't have to break his lease. His college and his first stop as a professional, was in the same spot in Grand Junction, Saplesio Field. That may have never happened before. Yeah, and, and he actually started his career at Arizona State. So, he, you know, he transferred. Things didn't work out for him with the Sun Devils, and uh, he moved on to Mesa and Chris Hanks' program, and he excelled there. I know Reagan a little bit, and he's an impressive young man off the field, uh, really driven, and – you know, it could be back-to-back -back years. We'll see, you know, if Reagan gets here in, in 2022, but it could be back-to-back -back years where the Rockies' solution on the left side, <coughs> excuse me, comes from within and comes from two Colorado kids, Lucas Gilbreth, who, who really had a terrific second half, and, and the kid you just, uh, you know, were mentioning, Reagan Todd. Yeah, he did a wonderful job of, you know, putting over and, and giving a lot of praise to people in the organization that have worked on his development. Mentioned a couple names of, of folks I didn't know uh, very much about that I'm looking forward to talking to. So, you know, really, you know, down to earth kid and, you know, could even be added on Friday to the 40 man roster. And even if he doesn't, I expect 
that you know he'll get at least a a major league invite to spring training, and, and that's going to be a big story. And, and he's earned it. He's worked real hard. Everyone said, even guys on on other clubs, R.J. Dabovich, kid from down in uh, Pueblo, in the Giants system. You know, he looked great. He was on the Fall Stars team. He, you know, of course missed Reagan Todd at Arizona State. They're both you know former Sun Devils, but they had really only crossed paths for the first time down in the Arizona Fall League, but knew very much of, of Reagan's story and the kind of perseverance that he's had in his career. So uh, those, those are kind of the big standouts at that point from Rocky's camp. Okay. This is what I'm doing now. All right. Removing the cap. That, that was my host. My, I, I pinch hit as the host for like five minutes and now it's all yours again. That was, that was, was that my tryout for the AT&T Sportsnet booth in case, yeah, you know, yeah, four or five it. people get food poisoning uh, on the same day? That's right. You know, if, if Spilly and Huey and Sully all go down, man, you're up. You got, you got to have a good depth chart. So I'm, I'm glad to even have made that. I'm glad to even just get the invite. If, if you, know, I, you know, I make no decisions, basically. So I'm okay. just talking out, you know. Don't take this away from me, Goody, please. I, right. I need no, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. I could really use this. We got some Rockies news that that just broke before we went to air here on Thursday. Elias Diaz signs a nice three-year deal worth reported $14.5 million to stick around in purple. Was going to be a free agent after this upcoming season. Now he's going to be around for a while. Um, I think it's a really good move. The Rockies, uh, you know, throughout their history, they've had moments where they've had solid catching. I mean, Chris Iannetta was a solid catcher, twice a Rocky. Yorvi Torrealba, uh, very solid, terrific in the postseason runs, as we know, of 07 and 09. But, you know, that that two-way kind of guy um, that, you know, has a chance to be upper level, we haven't seen that. And Elias, from what he did from June 1st forward, was eye-opening. I mean, he hit almost 20 homers. And, you know, he has a cannon defensively. He brings a, a great energy to the team. Uh, pitchers, you know, like to throw to him. And uh, I, he also puts together, it's not just the home runs, Patrick. You noticed this. He puts together good at bats. He'll take walks. I thought it was, um, I thought there was enough there that it wasn't, hey, are you basing this on six weeks of, of, of pretty good play? Um, I, I think it's on getting to know him over the last two years. And remember, in 2020, he was like the third string guy. He didn't play a lot until the end. He, he got some opportunities in September in the abbreviated season. Uh, but he showed enough, I think, over over four really good months that that I think it was a, a sound investment. And um, uh, I do think that was a good move. And by today's standards, less than $5 million a year or roughly $5 million a year, you know, pretty economical when you're talking about the most important defensive position. And, oh, by the way, a guy that, you know, should hit 20-plus home runs from behind the plate. And the Rockies have not had that, as we know. Yeah, as, as you said, the average annual salary is is pretty good when you consider guy this past offseason a couple of days ago. Manny Pena signed a, a two-year $8 million deal, so – little under five million annually, but Manny Pena is four years older. And even go back uh, to last offseason, Jason Castro, two years, seven million. Jan Gomes, Jan Gomes, two years, ten million. Travis Darno, two years, sixteen million. So there is kind of a premium for those guys. But when you have a catcher like Diaz who already knows your pitching staff and has already proven it, he proved it in, in Pittsburgh 
wheels kind of fell off for a little bit. I thought that was a very shrewd pickup uh, on a minor league pack ahead of the 2020 season. And yeah, he's, he's really delivered. And like you said, doing it on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, of that, uh, you know, next year, cause I'm going to leave story out of it clearly. Uh, but the Rockies were very aggressive within, I think, 48 hours uh, of the conclusion of the season. They signed C.J. Crone, who was their best offensive player this year. You know, a two-year, $14 million deal somewhere in that neighborhood. Again, economical, you know, $7 million roughly per. Uh, the the one and a half or 1.25 for the veteran Chassin, who's a Swiss Army knife down there, calming influence. You can use him as a setup guy, as Buddy did in the second half last year. Or he could be in a long haul. Uh, capacity. And, and that's a, a very inexpensive deal. And then this one today. So they're, they're keeping guys they need to keep uh, in the fold over the next couple of years. Crone, maybe keeping the seat warm until the guy you spent some time with the last uh, week or so, Toglia, is ready. And uh, so I, th- those, are all, those are all really sound moves. The big question, as we know, and we don't know if the answer is going to come here before December 1st and then what happens with the CBA or is it you know push the you know if there's a lockout and and then they don't settle the thing until into January and then there's a feeding frenzy for two or three weeks the Rockies they're on record Billy Schmidt saying this everyone who follows the Rockies inside and out know they need a couple of additional bats not just you know keeping the Crones and and the Diaz's you're going to lose story you need a couple of additional bats because it has not been a good offense for a few years now. Even going back, quite honestly, when they had Nolan and Trevor uh, in 19, it was it was an underwhelming offense. Yeah, and, and to your point with, with Toglia being on the way and coming through the pipeline, you know, Drew Romo is a guy, he's a little bit further away, but you can say, okay, Diaz is, is keeping that seat warm. And, you know, to go back to what you're saying about defensively, that's been – more of his calling card with, again, so much potential at the plate, you know, had uh, 14 caught stealings this past year, which, you know, seventh, seventh most in the majors says, all right, Hey, that's, that's towards the upper echelon. But when you consider uh, the caught stealing percentage, right. And, and how often were guys stealing on him? It wasn't much more than that. He actually has that 42% only Salvador Perez had done a better job uh, as far as, you know, catching runners and, you know, I, I think I think he's gotten some credit for handling of this pitching staff, but you you go and look, and obviously a lot of that credit, you know, is is uh, due to you know guys like Daryl Scott and uh, Steve Foster and the pitchers themselves. But Diaz is the guy handling that rotation, handling that bullpen, and and deserves a lot of credit for for that and helping you know Dom Nunez's development as well. That's something he talked about towards the end of the season. Yeah, and, and initially, the first two months of the season, Don Nunez played two-thirds of the time, and then the, the tables were flipped. So, you know, when you talk about throwing 14 guys out, the number, quite honestly, would probably be um, a little bit higher uh, than that. But, uh, you know, that, that was a good solid move. That was a good solid move today. One solid move you got to love is going down to the Colfax in York corner to the DNVR bar where, you know, members get a much larger beer. You can sign up for only 50 cents for your first month at the DNVR.com. Of course, an annual membership gets you a free shirt. We got all kind of watch parties with the sound on to create a once in a lifetime experience for nuggets and abs. Of course, you get extra raffle tickets at the watch party. We've got a members only discord. And right now, the deal of the week is if you go down to the bar and and you get a a piece of swag, some kind of merchandise, well, you're also going to get a free Breck beer. 
We've got a new sponsor, and that's Snooze Mattress and SnoozeSleep.com, where Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. It's designed to fit every body. It's a four-in-one mattress, so whether you need it to be cool or cozy, soft or firm, they can take care of that for you. It's backed by a 122-year warranty. It's made by Colorado Design for the World, and now when you use code DNVR, when you visit snoozesleep.com, guess what? You're going to receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base with code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score, and when they do, you win $100 in free bets. It's really that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. DraftKings customers... Uh, can basically make multiple bets on the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Safe, secure, and best of all, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And if they do, has it not happened since 1924? It's almost a guaranteed lock. That's the whole point. You win $100 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now, Goody, on your podcast the last two weeks, we've had a, an awesome two-parter with Giants broadcaster Mike Kruko, uh offers some incredible insight on the Giants, and we saw that they just... Uh, had Brandon Belt pick up his qualifying offer. He accepted it. He'll uh, be returning into the fold for San Francisco. From the conversation you had with Crook and, you know, from what you expect to see next year, Posey having already retired, is there a chance we we see the Giants do what they did last year or even just win the NL West? Well, I would answer it this way. First of all, it was, you know, shocking that they won 107 games. Um I think outside of, you know, a a roster that is as talent laden as say the Dodgers, when you talk about winning 107 games, that's always going to be a surprise. So I don't see them replicating that. Uh, But I will tell you that I expect them to be really good again, even without Buster Posey. Uh, They have that mix of veterans. And I don't know if if, you know, Belt's going to have the same kind of year. It was the best year he's had in his career, you know, Crawford. Um, but they're going to be active in free agency. I expect them to be really active in free agency. And they have money to spend. We know that. So I would expect, yes, they're they're going to be a formidable uh, team again in the NL West. And nobody predicted that going into 2021. 20, uh, I'm sure Brandon Belt and his representation you know, we're, we're hoping to get something similar to what Bell, or excuse me, what Crawford signed for. He got a two-year, $32 million deal, and evidently they couldn't make any headway because he did take the qualifying offer at one year in 18-4. So, you know, he'll be eating uh, ramen noodles part of the time next year. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're still going uh, to be good. And, and, you know, you heard in the interview with, with Kruko, I mean, he was shocked. He thought – he thought, and, and, you know, Mike's an optimistic guy. He thought like, okay, if things go really well, you know, maybe they can and make a move at the deadline, 
maybe they can compete for a wild card. Maybe, maybe, and I'm paraphrasing his words. He said, maybe get to 87, 88 wins on the outside. He said, I never threw 90 wins out there. Well, so he was talking about everything goes great and they win 88 wins and they have 88 wins. They, they basically won 20 more games than that, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. But Mike was great. And, and, in, and in part two, if you missed part one, um, part two, he tells some hilarious stories. Crook's a great storyteller. He tells stories about his partner, Dwayne Kuyper. They've you know been you know legendary pairing for a number of years in Northern California. He tells stories about uh, maybe the greatest player ever, Willie Mays. He tells his MLB debut story, which is one of my favorite baseball stories, period. I've retold it because I've known it for a while. I've retold it on our air a couple of times, but he's fun. Um, and and I think people will enjoy it. Yeah, it's a perfect two-parter where it gets into the baseball stuff in part one from last week and the episode that dropped on Thursday morning, of course, like you said, has a little bit more fun, even gives it a, a little bit of a health update for those that uh, were concerned about his, his partner, uh, Dwayne Kuyper. And, you know, Maybe irregardless, if you will, of the free agent signings that the Giants make, the biggest asset they have that Kruko talks about, and and, and you, uh, of course, added your own insight on it, is the coaching staff. You know, Gabe Kapler, besides just him, almost had the nearly unanimous uh, National League Manager of the Year award, but the coaching staff that he was able to put together, 13 coaches, uh, not a lot uh, that had you know, a ton of big league experience, and yet the buy-in that they got from the veterans, right? From the Crawfords, the Belts, the Posies, Longorias, and how that coaching staff is going to be back next year for the most part. So, hey, it doesn't matter who you bring in, as long as you've got that buy-in, that really could make the difference in a, you know, a middling club, an 88-win club, and a club that ends up going on to win 100 games. They were certainly innovative, and we talk about that yeah. um, with a couple of different areas. And you can't give the Posies, Crawfords, Belts, um, you know, Longoria's enough credit in that these are established, really superstars, right? These are these aren't just this run-of-the-mill guys. Buster Posey's going to the Hall of Fame. Brandon Crawford's had a hellacious career. You know, gold gloves, really good offensive player. Um, you know, Evan Longoria's had a heck of a career. These guys are in their, you know, mid-30s, and there were there were even if it wasn't outward, there would be a, a sentiment for a lot of guys. Hey, don't don't teach me new tricks. All right. I, I've done pretty well doing it my way for the last decade plus. OK, especially when that information is being passed along and advanced by oftentimes guys that either didn't play in the big leagues or never played professional baseball. I mean, I think of Kai Correa, who's become a really well thought of infield instructor. And he also has the bench coach title for Gabe Kapler. And I know Kai. I know Kai pretty well. I mean, he he was a, a player at the University of Puget Sound. He's from Hawaii. Puget Sound's a Division three school. Not, had a nice little career up there. And then he got into coaching. And uh, eventually he was... Uh, an assistant at Northern Colorado. And that's where I got to know him. And he now fast forward is a guy that's just past 30 and he's a bench coach infield instructor on, you know, the San Francisco Giants. So uh, they, they've been, um, as I said, they've been innovative 
and their players, their veteran players have bought in. And, and certainly you think they're all in now based on the season they had. Yeah. And any free agent coming there is probably going to be excited to see what that coaching staff can unlock, which also included the first female on-field coach, uh, Alison Aiken. And so that's, again, something that Kaplan should be uh, applauded for, kind of opening that door and, and having an, an open mind to give these coaches you know, uh, an opportunity and, and to give his players more of a sounding board. I know from, from my background as a special education teacher, when there was two teachers in the classroom, that was twice as many opportunities for a student to make a connection and to have their needs met. Well, players are the exact same way, and there's only a limited amount of coaches like there used to be, you know, 20, 30 years ago. There's less opportunities for that guy to, to make a connection and, and to feel like he's heard or, or to feel like, you know, his needs are, are being met. And the Giants coaching staff is certainly doing that right now. Yeah, they are. They are. And I think in sports, when we talk about this, sports is always a copycat industry. If a team has success, you're going to scrutinize and look very closely at what they did to have success they handle I, I won't go in depth here because you know you can listen to the podcast on this but you know they handle on-field batting practice different than than most teams do and i think you're going to start to see some other teams um do what they've done before games on the field um so uh yeah they're 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 cutting edge yeah that that type of inside information that you get in uh with kruko in part one is, is definitely worth the price of admission. Um, even though that, that price of course is, is free at the Drew Goodman podcast. Sure, yeah. it, it, it's like my favorite beer, free beer. Yeah, that is, that always tastes good. Especially yeah. if it's Breck beer, that, that's the biggest thing. That's right. Uh, and, and hey, it's the holiday season. So it's definitely time to, to imbibe, get your imbibing on. Uh, and you don't want to show up at your next get together looking like a turkey. So you gotta get some beef from Hassel Cattle Company. It's not just beef, it's damn good beef and we've got it now on the corner of colfax new york at the dnvr bar their wagyu beef burgers it's absolutely delicious uh, and you can get yours at home at hasslecattlecompany.com h-a-s-s-e-l-l cattlecompany.com they're actually blessing all of us right now with a 15 percent discount now 15 percent off your entire purchase just use code dnvr15 at checkout that's dnvr15 to save 15 percent from HassleCattleCompany.com. We love saving you money, and as we just proved, that's why Ball Aerospace and Technology is working with us to help practice diversity and inclusion. They've been doing it for years because they've got a culture of belonging. That's been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They've got a Corporate Equality Index score of 100%. Right now, they're starting off some folks at over $27 an hour with 401k options, a comprehensive insurance that start immediately on day of hire. So they're looking after your best interest and make sure you check them out uh, at golden, excuse me, at jobs.ball.com and search for golden, or you can actually text golden to 77222 and you'll get linked to their open positions at the ball plant over there in golden, Colorado. It's football season, baby. And you know what that means? It means we're going for two with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. They're blitzing through hairs. They're helping do that, uh, and it's never been easier. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You've heard us talk about it, and now by listening, you'll get 20% off when you use code DNVR over at Manscaped. Go tame that Wildcat offense using the best tools for the job at Manscaped using code DNVR for free shipping, and more importantly, 20% off. We've got the end of year awards, uh, 
I'm not sure if there's any you want to talk about exactly. I, I've got one I want to ask you about, but we'll recap for anyone uh, maybe who hasn't been paying attention. Rookie of the Year Award went to the Cincinnati Reds, Jonathan India, Tampa Bay Rays, Randy Rosarena, Manager of the Year, as we said, Gabe Kapler of the Giants, and Kevin Cash doing it back-to-back years with the Tampa Bay Rays. And in the Cy Young Award in the National League, it was Corbin Burns, an American League winner, Robbie Ray. He's the one I want to kind of get your take on how much – and how wild has his transformation been since last year during the pandemic in 2020? Had an ERA in the sevens, basically is, is given away to Toronto and said, hey, if you want to pay the rest of his contract this season, that's great. We'll take whatever you're given. And then immediately turns around and is the best pitcher in the American League this season. It's interesting because in the past when he was with Arizona, <coughs> excuse me, um, when you'd watch, you know, when you prepare for a game that he was pitching in, you always knew this kid, you know, blessed with a great arm, you know, power arm, power breaking ball. And yet the last year or so, if I remember right, you didn't, you know, you didn't really worry about it because yeah, it was 96, 97 coming in, but he always got hit. He was one of those guys who, wow, that's a great arm, but he doesn't have good numbers. And somehow he went to Toronto and put it all together. And uh, he's about to get paid, too, on top of it. But, you know, it's a great story. And um, I I like good stories. I think we all like good stories. And, you know, it's not as if, you know, this was hocus pocus. He's he's always had the talent. And so to see him go to a new place and and put it all together, good for him. Yeah, he's been a guy that, as you said, like the pieces have always been there. was an all-star in 2017 you know, finished seventh in the Cy Young Award voting. So it's been in there for him. And, you know, hey, he's a left-hander. He's 30 years old now. This is sometimes where left-handers really start their career. They're late bloomers for whatever reason. And so you're right, he'll get paid. And it it really could be by the right team, something that, again, it's going to be nothing like we would have expected a year ago at this point. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's, you know, Toronto's already been, busy you know Barrio signs a seven-year deal to stay there they, they made the deal with him uh, mid-season coming from Minnesota Marcus Simeon you would assume they're going to do everything they can to keep him uh, you know you look back the last two and a half years whatever it is Patrick he has the highest offensive war in baseball um, Marcus Simeon's great in the clubhouse we know he can play a, a high level second base he plays a very good shortstop as well he played second base in Toronto because of Bo Bichette he, he's he's going to get a really nice deal. He's not going to be in the Correa realm or the Seager realm. Most people uh, would, you know, project him, you know, well beneath that because he's a few years older than them. Uh, I, I know this much. When you go to Dreamland for the Rockies, Marcus Simeon, be a nice guy to have. Wouldn't be bad. Yeah, wouldn't be bad. Like you said, 45 I like to be home runs. agent right now, by the way. I think he switched to Boris. He I did. Think has him, uh, I believe. He but, did. Yeah. So, He's um, got Scott Boris. So, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that, that certainly bodes well, really well for him. You know, Ray wins the Cy Young Award. Uh, first Blue Jay to win it since 2003 by a young man from Arvada West, Roy Halliday. What, what are your thoughts on that? What are some... Uh, this might be a good opportunity. It's it's always great to talk about Roy and always great to kind of remind folks, hey, this this kid grew up right in our backyard. And so we, we should always remember and, and honor him. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know him. I was privileged to call some of his games when he pitched against the Rockies. 
he was a you know a marvelous talent who worked his tail off who you know tragically obviously dies i mean ridiculously uh young but um i'm a, a big fan as you well know of every kid that comes out of colorado in all the sports but you know in baseball in particular because i think uh, people are starting to realize i know college programs realize that we have a pretty good baseball state even though you know we're, we're best known for skiing right so <laughs> though it hasn't snowed yet this year um you know roy, roy halliday you know when you put the the mount rushmore together of colorado baseball players obviously roy halliday is on there and roy halliday i think will always be on there yeah you got halliday and goose gossage as the only two rich gossage actually recently did say he wants to be referred to as rich gossage he was kind of putting the goose nickname to sleep but those are the only two hall of famers uh you know, born and essentially raised in Colorado. I'm not sure if you saw this, but Kyle Freeland put together a little uh, piece of artwork, so to speak. He was trying to raise uh, some money for Special Olympics Colorado, and it had all 12, it was, it was baseballs, 12 different baseballs signed by the 12 different Colorado-born players who played in the major leagues in 21 with the beautiful flag of Colorado behind. I'm not sure if you got a chance to see that, but I imagine I a piece of memorabilia like that, you know, would certainly feature prominently in, in any one of our homes. Yeah, no, I did see that. And that's, you know, that's great. And, you know, Kyle's hands on, he wants to give back. Uh, he was, he was raised very well. And, you know, he splits time obviously between Colorado mm -hmm. and, and Scottsdale. Um, and, uh, it, it's great when you see when you see athletes who are dug in in their community, and Kyle's certainly one of those guys. Great. He's great for that. I want to pick your brain a little bit about the shortstop spot. We know Trevor Story did reject the offer. Patrick Saunders' uh, conversation came up with uh, Bill Schmidt last week about maybe Ryan McMahon moving over to shortstop. And just kind of curious of, of what you would think about that. We know Brendan Rodgers can possibly slide over to play shortstop. Thomas Harding wrote about, hey, Alan Trejo is, is an option within the organization. He had a pretty solid season uh, in AAA with Albuquerque. But that would be, uh, it would be interesting to see McMahon over at shortstop. Uh, any, any challenge you throw at him, I think he'd be up for it. I don't know if it's the right move, but uh, just curious to get your thoughts uh, when, when maybe you first heard McMahon at shortstop. Hmm. Oh, I think he could do it athletically, um, but I, I prefer, honestly, for him to stay at third base. I think he's an elite, as he showed, uh, third baseman defensively. Um, I always worry, and it's the same, uh, I'd, I'd apply what I'm about to say to Brendan Rodgers, and I also think it's why the club's a little bit reluctant to to move him to shortstop his natural position. He, he's becoming a, a really solid second baseman, and there's still room to grow there uh, on the defensive end. You know, some bag, you know, turn into a little bit, but, uh, you know, just overall consistency. But we've seen great range from him. When you put a lot on someone's plate um, defensively and, and move them from a comfort zone, you, you would, you know, sometimes worry, will it affect their offense? I'd rather see Ryan McNam, as I stated, as I stated, play third base. I'd rather see them get somebody. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you'd like it to be Trevor Story for the next you know, five, six years, probably not going to be Trevor Story the next five or six years, as we all know. So kind of a stopgap, somebody you can put out there on a regular basis that, you know, has played big league shortstop, is comfortable playing big league shortstop and and roll with Brendan at, at second base and, and McMahon at third base. Um, that does not mean that you can occasionally, because now 
We've seen it so much the last few years with so many different teams, guys with defensive versatility. It doesn't mean that McMahon can't get some games there. It doesn't mean Brendan Rodgers can't get some games there. It doesn't mean that Garrett Hampson can't get um, some games there. My druthers is, though, that you had a guy that more often than not um, was your guy defensively at that position. The only thing you would potentially gain, the only way to go down that street for me of Ryan McMahon playing shortstop, and you don't know if he could do it every day. Um, my guess is he probably could. He's got the hands. He's got good range. Um, you know, we've seen other shortstops that don't have the range that I bet you he probably have. Um, but is that because you signed, I'll be hypothetical, Chris Bryant, and Bryant's going to play third every day, and you want McMahon in there offensively, so we're going to put McMahon um, at short, and, you know, maybe he and Rodgers flip I mean, something crazy like that. That's the only reason. Otherwise, you need a third baseman, and that third baseman's got to be a 25-plus home run guy. And McMahon is that. I think there's more in there for McMahon. He started out really, you know, well last year. You know, he had the three-home run game, you know, the first week and a half of the season. Uh, but I'd like to see him become, you know, a 30-plus homer guy, you know, and an 800-plus OPS guy and have him do that at third base and then – you know, figure out shortstop, maybe somebody that's not on the roster right now. Yeah. Playing with that kind of comfort and consistency every day can be, you know, incredibly helpful, obviously. So yeah, McMahon at third base, Rogers at second base, they know their role. It's, you know, it's really why guys like Ben Zobrist, we saw it with Kike Hernandez last off season signing with Boston. And now Chris Taylor, free agent who again, a utility player who gets a qualifying offer that's because that's a hard skill to be able to jump around and play a lot of different positions. That's why I'm sure a lot of teams probably are coveting Garrett Hampson because he can play all around and it doesn't really, you know, sap his offense too much. You know, not that we haven't seen a lot of changes we have in baseball, but if uh, I'm just off the top of my head and correct me if I'm forgetting something, the teams that were playing deep into October, they had a regular shortstop. Seager was hurt early on, but Seager was the Dodgers shortstop, right? Carlos Correa was Houston's everyday shortstop, free agent now. Dansby Swanson, everyday at shortstop for the Atlanta Braves. Xander Bogarts for Boston. Uh, you, the Yankees are looking for that guy to play every day and be, you know, a stud at shortstop. Um, you know, Francisco Lindor with the Mets. They went out and, you know, traded for him. Teams, that's not a position. You'll see first base, DH, left field, right field, you know, Chris Bryant who can play third and then run to the outfield. You see that. I don't see too much shuttling around like, hey, there were seven games this week and we had three different shortstops and we're, you know, we're a really good team. There's a reason you want that, that guy who's the captain of the infield you know, the same guy. Um, I just, whether it's, you know, pick plays, whether it's just a smoothness and efficiency defensively, you know, the last thing a pitcher wants, especially, you know, the Rocky staff, as you well know, Patrick, they're always going to be among the league leaders in inducing ground balls. They're always going to be among the league leaders, fingers crossed, in double plays turn because there's more traffic because they play at Coors Field. You have to turn those double plays. I mean, managers remember, even if no errors attached, on balls that should have been double plays that turned into just force outs. 
And so that that's why I put a heavy premium on you want a good glove man and this and and you know a guy who's going to be there ninety plus percent of the time at shortstop, the same guy. Yeah, shortstop and center field are really the only two positions where you just can't can't have a platoon. You you somebody. I I disagree with you on center field. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think shortstop. I, I've made I stated my case there. Center field. Um, here's it's rare. It is it, rare. It may, it may be, but you know the Dodgers did it. Dodgers had Bellinger. They had they had uh, you know Betts can can run out there. We've seen a number. Chris Taylor obviously can run out there. Cody uh, Bellinger for a while, a couple years ago. Cody Bellinger is great. He's their best center fielder. He's a great center fielder. Um, so. We've seen we've seen those guys do it. We see San Francisco do it. I mean, we, they, Chris Bryant ran out in center field um, time too. So I think you can do it in center field. I do think, quite honestly, it's a little overrated when we talk about oh, you know, this guy's going to be a liability in left field. If you if you put a slugger in left field, you know, I'm a big Kyle Schwarber guy. I hope I hope somehow the planets align in the Rockies, um, and I know they like him, um, as do a lot of teams. Uh, but uh, I hope the planets align and somehow Kyle Schwarber's a Rocky next year. And people say, well, he, when he's in left field, he's going to be a below average defender. How many balls, how many balls go to, you know, do you say, oh man, had we had a young Barry Bonds, he would have made that catch in deep left center field. There may be one occasionally, but it's not like it's a nightly occurrence. And, and if he hits 35, 40 jacks for you, it's the old, he's driving more in than he's letting in. Matt Holiday was never going to win a gold glove in left field. People were plenty happy that Matt Holiday was batting third every day for the Rockies. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point is that you you can kind of get past that in that position. It's, it's one of the spots. And again, hey, with the potential for the universal DH coming, I mean, certainly you might not even have to deal with it all that much, especially if you have a left-handed hitting lineup. Dodgers come into town. Hey, you can stick Schwarber out there and, and really – uh, not suffer kind of any any deficits defensively out there because it, it, it's a well-timed uh, start on that day. And Patrick, what have we seen teams do in the past? Buddy's done this. We see other teams, you know, if, if you're plus two in the seventh or eighth inning and unless that guy's number's coming up offensively, you flip out and put the, you know, the, the better defender on the field. We've seen that done, you know, for for years and years with with different teams. You know, okay, we're up four to two. It's the eighth inning. You know, we're going to put a better defender at first base. You know, we've seen that. Now, we, we, I'm trying to think what they pulled, uh, who they used to pull off the field. You, know, you put, they pulled Murphy off the field, obviously, you know, or, or Crone and uh, put Josh Fuentes. He used to, when yeah. Josh Fuentes was in the big leagues, remember that? A lot of times he'd come off the bench late in games when the Rockies were leading and he'd be at first base defensively. So you can do that. Yeah, you absolutely definitely have that freedom to be able to to uh, to mix and match late in games. I mean, frankly, it's it's what the Boston uh, Red Sox had been doing uh, for the entirety of the second half in, in 1986. And uh, they said, all right, well, we'll keep Buckner out there for for one more inning. He deserves to be on the field for when we uh, we win the World Series. And we saw how that ended up. Uh, not well, so good. Having grown up a Mets fan, I was quite pleased that it worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Justin Verlander, I'm sure you saw that, you know, gets a one-year $25 million contract, which really, there's a player option that, you know, if it does invest, it's because he's going to go make more money. So really, it's almost, uh, from what I'm hearing, 
two years, $50 million for a guy that hasn't pitched in two years. But again, that's the going rate for an ace with the track record of a Verlander. Yeah. And I think if you're Justin Verlander, who's a future hall of famer and, you know, still has plenty left in the tank, I guess he's been, he was very impressive, uh, you know, throwing a bullpen for, uh, you know, in front of some eyeballs, he was 96, 97, um, you know, probably not a whole lot of adrenaline flowing. So, He's a guy you bet on returning and, and pitching still at a very high level, despite being in, in his late thirties, um, a comfort level now in Houston, when you reach the part of the career that Justin Verlander's in, he's made a ton of money, right? He wants to win. And I know Houston's going to lose Correa, but they're still really good last time I checked. And now they're going to be a little bit better with Justin Verlander as part of their rotation with Garcia and, you know, Bregman's not going anywhere and, uh, you know, Jordan Alvarez isn't going anywhere and the diminutive second baseman isn't going anywhere. So he probably looked around and said, you know what, this is still a pretty damn good team. I've already, I, I assume he has a, a house there and, he, and he's, he's got a comfort level there. So that wasn't a shocker to me. That wasn't a shocker to me. Um, so that one made, again, that made some sense. Same. Yeah. And, and it, it's great to have him there leading that pitching staff Zach crank. He's going to be a free agent now. So, you know, he'll of course be the the face of the rotation and they got a guy in Jake Odorizzi who still has one year, one year left on his deal might not have a spot in the rotation. You know, we'll, we'll see if Bill Schmidt picks up the phone and, and is active on the trade front to maybe, you know, bolster the rotation at, at that point. If, if they happen to, to need that, if the, the deal with gray uh, doesn't ever end up coming to fruition. Yeah. I mean, we haven't heard a lot lately uh, about John gray and, you know, it, it seems like, you know, the Billy Schmidt's a, a completely different personality than, than Jeff Breidich. Um, but it does seem like, and, and I always, you know, felt like Jeff Breidich though, it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't great from a media standpoint. You weren't going to get information, um, but keeping it close to the vest was probably the wise thing to do because you don't want everyone to know your exact plans and, and, and who you're potentially flirting with. I know sometimes it gets out. And Billy Schmidt, I think, is keeping things close to the vest. Um, we'll see. You know, we, we don't know who they're dancing with. And... Uh, you know, how many phone calls have been, hey, listen to an agent, listen, you know, we're very interested, please don't do anything until you talk to us, let us know what it is. And so, you, you know, you find out, hey, player A was offered four years and, you know, 60 million, can you can you beat that? You know, so we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. So I, I might be taking it out of context, but I think I'm going to quote you as saying Bill Schmidt might be a little bit of a flirt. Is that... Uh is that going too far there? I don't, I, I don't, you know, again, <laughs> a little flirt. Well, little I think, you know, Billy, Billy, <laughs> Billy's honest. I've known Billy a long he time and he's been honest with the media who, you know, the media always says a conduit to the general public. If you're asking good questions as a member of the media, it should be the questions that, you know, if you're sitting on your couch and you're an ardent Rockies fan, you're wondering about that's a question. If you had a microphone, you'd ask. And, you know, Billy, you know, has been asked about the offense been up front. He said, we, we need to be better. We need a couple of bats. It's not, he, he didn't, you know, try to blow smokes at, oh, you know, we need guys to play better or whatever. Yeah. You want your young guys to continue to develop, but he realizes they need help. Now he hasn't been super specific. He's not going to come out and said, yep, we're targeting Nick Castellanos, 
Marcus Simeon and Kyle Schwarber. I mean, he he's not going to do that. Um, nor probably will most general managers come flat out and say, this is our target. Uh, but those, those private conversations uh, internally and those private conversations with representatives of, you know, a number of those free agents you'd assume are taking place. Yeah. Four contracts already handed out by Schmidt. So you have to say, you know, he's, he's been on, on the more aggressive side. Again, they're, they're guys that are from within the organization, but, that that does provide some comfort. So I think, I think he's he's making people feel pretty good about giving him that chance and that that opportunity, yeah. right? And, and and Patrick, as you well know, you know his, his uh, of the many things on his plate. In he and he's also come out and said, you know, we we're in win now mode because of the pitching staff that we have, and he knows you can't go. Oh yeah, well Ezekiel Tovar is going to be here in a couple of years and. You know, Michael Toglia and, uh, you know, some, some other, you know, the younger portion of the farm system is actually quite good on paper right now. He knows that they have a nucleus that you got to go try to win right now, not, hey, we really think in 2024, 2025, we're going to be really good. And so he knows he needs to sew up some guys, and he's done a really good job so far of doing that with the guys we talked about earlier, Crone, today, Diaz. Shasin, right? Very good. He also knows he has to improve the roster. And that may take some more time because I think some, you know, some of these guys are going to hang out and, and wait till uh, they find out what's truly out there. Um, and it may, it may not be till January, maybe even early February. I know that's a, you're running a risk as a club, but um, you know, so far, at least internally, with the guys that he wanted to keep in the fold and, and be a part of the next couple of years. He's done a good job. Always great with the insight. Good. Appreciate it. Make sure you're downloading the Drew Goodman podcast. Great two-parter from last week and this week with Giants broadcaster, Mike Kruko. It's fantastic listening. Always good. Good to have you once a week. Goody. Uh, you want to do it again next week as well? That's, Thursday. How about uh, next Thursday? You got, got anything going on? Going. I'll have a chicken. I'll have a chicken. I'll have a turkey leg as I, uh, <laughs> as we chat. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll hook up. Got Tyler Matzik coming up soon too. I, I didn't take an interview with him yesterday, and you know now world champion, a former Rocky. He talks about all that he went through, and um, just just a really really good guy, um, humble guy, and whether he was a Rocky or not, when you hear this interview and i know people have heard from him a little bit obviously with atlanta's run when you do hear this interview coming up uh, on my podcast you're going to come away and say wow i'll i will always root for that guy that's so. why you got to make sure you're subscribing so it just drops right into your inbox there on thursday morning make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr rockies podcast as well you don't have to think about it it'll be right there for you great content thanks again goody love having you on board make sure you're following uh, all of us at drew goodman 42 on twitter i'm at patrick d lions and our account at dnvr underscore rockies so for another great week thank you for joining the dnvr rockies podcast